0: Hey everybody, it's Jackie Johnson, host of Natch Beauty. We talk skincare, we talk makeup, we talk all things beauty, and my guest this week is Ariana Maddox. Hi! What do we talk about,
1: Ariana? Oh my gosh, we answer all of your questions. We do. We talk about how our dogs were in a Pharrell video together. We talk about... Uh, exfoliation oh we talk about exfoliation we talk about uh tanning self tanning we talk about laser hair removal we, we go there we dive do a deep dive in my makeup bag we and toms and toms <laughs> <laughs> and toms and
0: so maybe check out an attribute this week and see what we're talking about see you there guys i want to tell you about a great sponsor i have Bompus. they're premium high performance athletic socks and they're so comfortable you're never going to want to take them off and because socks are the number one requested item in homeless shelters, for every pair of socks purchased, Bompus donates one pair of those to those in need. Almost one million pairs donated to date, 15% off the first purchase of four or more socks, plus free shipping. So go to getbompus.com feral and buy some comfortable socks. Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. That's right. And if you like that music there, that's Les Blanks. Go to LesBlanks.com and check out more of their music. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy fucking New Year. This is the first episode of 2013, and if you haven't listened to the show before, it is just what the title says. It's a conversation with me, Matt Dwyer. And it's awesome. And it's just a free-flowing kind of thing, man. Sounds so hippie of <laughs> I me mean to say, hey man, I'm just free. Um, but that's what it is. And uh, I'm very excited about this to start my show off in the year 2013 uh, with this episode because it is special on two separate uh, areas of showing. Sure, that works, right? Um, one, it's a two-part episode. And the other reason is that it my first returning guest. Uh, the first episode of this show is with Shane Bugby, and the second part of this uh, two-parter is with his wife Amy Bugby. And what they did is, uh, in 2008, I believe it was, they went embarked on a year-long road trip with nothing but 180 bucks in their pocket, their turtle Myrtle, and their dog, and they uh, documented what uh, uh, America and the and the, People's opinions on politics, religion, art, and revolution, and it's uh, they then they turned this into a book and a documentary that you could buy, and it comes together. I've read the book and watched a documentary. I've actually perused the book a few times since I've read it, and it's a very really it's a very interesting book, and it really opened my mind up to a lot of things. And they they stayed with complete strangers. They would work odd jobs to fund this trip many times just living in their car and, uh, you know, they, they, they talked to Ian McKay of Fugazi. They talk to a former CIA agent. They, they talk to everybody and they get this really interesting perspective about America that you're not getting in, um, you know, the fucking media cause they make it seem like we're all just fighting and want different things. And uh, I learned that, um, from this book and documentary that it's not, you can, um, Purchase this documentary and book at USAodd.com, and they're also doing a uh, collector's, a limited edition hardcover. Uh, they'll only make 23 of them. It's a hand number and signed by Shane and Amy Bugby, their dog, uh, Cheyenne, and um, the turtle. How many of you own a book that's uh, autographed by a, a turtle? I don't think any of you. And I'll also have original three D artwork adhered to the cover of the book. Every book will be a unique and in it's in, in in the way it's uh, handmade. It includes a copy of the book, regular edition and uh, D V D five hundred and thirty two pages, uh including more than forty pages of photos. I'm reading this from uh, from an email. This is probably why you don't see me doing a lot of ads uh in the world. Uh also, um because um probably anti-corporate, and I they can suck my dick. Um, but Shane and Amy are uh, two unique artists who fucking blaze a path of their own. <laughs> but maybe blaze a couple other things, if you know what I mean. Um, and the book is, it'll all be available uh, January 21st, Inauguration Day. Uh, and once again, that's at USAodd.com. Uh, so please, uh, this first episode is with Shane, and we talk about uh this this journey and what led up to it. It's a very unique story, and then in, in a week from now uh we'll talk to Amy and we'll get her take on the trip and the happenings and they're both really great episodes. They're both very fascinating, awesome people. So let's get on to this fucking conversation with Shane Bugbee. <laughs>
1: It's great. I think you're doing really
0: good. I'm glad I was recording to have you speak. get that out
1: there. Oh no, that's on video. That's on audio. That's horrible. I hate your show.
0: Yeah, I don't. No, I'm actually very proud of the show, and it's been getting. Uh, you know, it gets more. And but then you know, you're the first guest I've had back.
1: Yeah, well, I was the first guest, so
0: it, yeah, it makes it. You know, our 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 bonding of our terrible lives. Uh, you know, I we that makes it easy. <laughs> <laughs> 'cause
1: yeah, um, like we said in the first uh, show, we were school shooters before it was cool to be school shooters,
0: which and i i we i uh which you actually comes up a lot in your book, <laughs> the school shooters, and when you said and let's tell my fine listeners what your book and documentary is real quick, so they so then we can talk about school shooting. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's hard to explain the book um, for me, but it's a, a, I guess guess—a road trip. It's like three books actually. It was a thousand pages originally, and it was. Um, yeah, let me cover this up. I got to see you still. Okay.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we could so people know we can we're looking at each other on computer screens. This is—you're one of the first people I've looked at on a computer screen that I wasn't masturbating.
1: Oh God! See, this is what's making it hard for me to look at Matt right now. That's right. When we were younger, we used to jerk off together. No, I'm joking. I'm only half joking.
0: But your book is this sort of you—you you and the missus went on a year-long road trip to document uh, sort yeah. of the political and sort of the tone of America, which is pretty astounding.
1: Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to talk about it and uh, tell people what it is, because I wonder what it is to you. You read it. I'm surprised you made it through, actually.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, I I read a lot, and that was a lot to read. (laughs) But it was... uh, It's really enthralling, and that's an interesting thing, because I guess it could mean a lot of different things to different people. And there was some things in individuals... And you talk to everybody. Like, you don't kind of miss... You don't miss a pocket of American people. I mean, you talk to Satanists, you talk to pig farmers, you talk to uh, born again Christians. There, sometimes there was people you talked to. I, I, I was impressed that you remained open minded and accepting the whole time. Because, or it, it was that just on the page. <laughs>
1: No well what, no it was a it was before that, I guess I had a very defined uh very rigid philosophical viewpoint of America, and so that was my listening tour <laughs> it was, part of it was just a you know I just sat and listened, and I normally I would just talk and talk at people, and I'm a loud mouth kind of person I guess and, you know i I just will talk over everyone and you but I will I will not consider what you have to say at all. I'm like, you're wrong. But I listened. And, and so that's part of it. That's, that, that, was, that was part of it, yeah. It was like a listening tour. The Halliburton barbecue was one of those, I don't know if you read that part of the book. You say, so we went to a Halliburton barbecue. Like that's the skill- fucking Halliburton.
0: The bomb, what did they make, bomb? They, they're, it's them and Lockheed Martin. They're like the evil, evilest, some of the evilest people on earth.
1: Right, Dick Cheney ran Halliburton, right. So we head into a barbecue blindly, like we're going to hang out with the gumbo champ of the world. And he's like, come on, I'm going to take you to this barbecue. I'm the ringer. I'm the winner. I'll win this thing. They, they hired me to win. And as we're driving there, he tells us, it's the Halliburton barbecue.
0: How did that make you feel?
1: Uh, I felt like shitting my pants because because of who we are and what we are. I feel like they, they, well, cause they'll just kill you. Like it's not like going to a Hell's Angels party where they got to think about the repercussions of killing us. Like, hey, we might get caught. Halliburton—they <laughs> don't get—they—they they are the—they are the people who catch. They don't get caught. They're the catchers. Like they're gonna fuck you up if they want and get away with it, and you'll just be lost. So that's how I felt. I—I I got very paranoid and shaky, and um, I wondered if we'd even make it out of there. So that was a—you talk about. Um, and that was hard to keep my tongue at the Halliburton barbecue as well, you know, just,
0: know. Yeah, that's. I I mean, I I would have a hard time. What and what? But what spurned this whole road trip? It was you guys originally. You and your wife got kicked out of. Uh, is it Eli, Minnesota? Is that what really sort of inspired this?
1: yeah i guess i guess you could say that that's uh one way of putting it that inspired... <laughs> well there's a lot of there's not any one answer to one of the uh, these questions because the thing was so intense for me i'd like to say oh it was just like we yeah we got run out of a uh, a small town for being a having atheistic belief being friends with anton levey and and his whole trip is, you know, the satanic trip, he made me a priest, and I just took that as like a, a heavy metal award, like, oh, I'm a metalhead, and that's like the, cra- the the you know, that's the um, gold medal of uh, metalheads, is to be be uh, blessed by Anton LaVey, so it was just cool <laughs> to me. And that it was just cool, like, in that respect, and I also saw it as a political and artistic mu- uh, movement, something to make atheism uh, a point of conversation. And so I was I was happy to be a part of that, and I was starting to grow out of it and lived in Ilium Minnesota, and and was making a soda pop. And, um, yeah, we got run out of town. They used that as the reason.
0: It's interesting because you don't – I guess most people, you don't think that people get run out of towns anymore. It sounds like such an 1800s <laughs> type
1: of thing. Yeah, and people laugh about it sometimes when they're like, so how does one get run out of town? And um, – uh, as my wife would describe it, it was like a, a rape, a rape situation, but over and over again for months on end. And it was really hard to see go from a joke. Like we'd walk into a grocery store and they would shut up like an entire fucking grocery store gets pin, drop a pin, uh, silent, you know, it's absolutely silent. And that was fun for a couple of weeks. But as months went on, you know, we were friends with these people that whole community We over two years we became great friends with them. And so it was really hard for me, a person who had never thought he would be accepted into any kind of society. I live on the outskirts, underground art, and I'm quite happy with that existence. So making soda pop for their children, I, we were, they, they, hi, Shane, the kids are coming up, hey, the soda guy. So it was very strange, and I, I really liked I started to like it, and I fell for it. And I thought, oh, maybe we can find a place here and and then the whole fucking town turned and it wasn't just the 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 racists or the assholes there but it was like the artists and the intellectuals were afraid to talk to us because if they were seen with us they'd be shunned and it was a real it was a real trip where it really it's one of those traumas that affects your mind in a way like i'm still affected by it i still twitch over it i guess in a way like I'm afraid to express myself locally. I have a, I have a trauma because of it, and I, I don't like to admit that fear, or weakness, but I have a fear because of that, and it's, it's been hard for me. That moment ripped my whole identity away. Like it's, it's. I don't know how to explain it right now, but it was really hard to deal with. As my wife explains, it was like a rape for months on end. It was really hard to deal with. Yeah. So was- we left.
0: It just would be an endless source of stress. I mean, like you probably you'd never feel safe in your home. You never you don't feel safe leaving. You know, going and getting milk. It's like,
1: it's yeah. It's pretty before them. Yeah, before that happened, I I felt uh, I had gotten death threats a lot because I put out obscene books uh, prior to this and and so but those death threats up there were real cuz you're in the middle of the forest you're 2 hours from anything and they do deal with things with axes and shit like that so when we got a death threat a severe serious one where the guys like I'm coming over there tonight I called the police and I was lucky that I don't know where I'm going with this story so it doesn't matter the cop that somebody came took out... – oh I'm sorry no go
0: ahead oh just at some point somebody took all your knives out of your house isn't that correct isn't that in the book yeah
1: yeah, man. I mean that—that's a fucking trippy thing to happen. Like your knives disappear. It's not my mind playing tricks on me. It was like we—we we live a very frugal existence. Underground artists do. You know, we have no dental care, shit like that. So you get a really nice—you get a really nice fucking uh, cutlery for a gift. You—it's precious. So I have these knives stuck to the wall in the magnets. It's like one of the things I own, and I really enjoy. Like, wow, I never knew a sharp knife in a kitchen mattered, but it does.
0: It does. I, I only got sharp knives like a couple years ago, and I was like, I was so not used to them. I cut my <laughs> hand like three times in a week because <laughs> I, I was like, oh, these actually work.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. So you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, so I cherish these knives. We come home and they're missing. It's like, oh, what the fuck? That's pretty and terrifying. What? That's terrifying. Because right, no. yeah, and you think maybe mine's playing tricks with you, but then we're, we we just watched the West Memphis three movies, and you know we're we're really freaking out at this point because um, who's going to believe me? Who's going to believe me when a knife ends up in a tourist gutter is at a crime scene? No one. No one is going to believe me. So it's like we had to we had to leave, and then we're getting. Death threats, and then the guy tells us, Hey, you better watch out for your dog. So it's like, Don't Oh, what fuck the fuck? It. Don't fuck with a dog. Yeah, well, at that point, Matt, I started to go into school shooter mode and think about being violent or, or seriously thought about blowing some shit up and, and making a statement like that. Like, it was a, a hard thing to deal with for me. And
0: it also I, drums up a lot of other shit like that you start drumming up whether you're conscious of it or not you know you're bullshit from your past and yeah i mean like we talked about before it's like we both were outcasts and things didn't go too easily for us and it's like anytime i've had anything traumatic happen it's just like i the, the levels of emotion that come up it's it's pretty overwhelming
1: that's it, man. It was just the bullying again. Like I'm being bullied as a fucking adult, and it's like, what the? I, and and for making soda pop, and for paying my bills, <laughs> I didn't do a fucking thing. How dare you? And yeah, and, is, and oh, well, when no, you go ahead. when you
0: set out to do this to to for this road trip and stuff, you were kind of intending it to be sort of a damning of america right you kind of wanted to make everyone that's what was that the initial intent of it and then
1: yeah 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 you know that's it when we left that town it was like I, I saw everyone like that like bullies or this is the american way and i really for the first time in my life started to be um yeah that was the intent when we left when i left ely i went to la and made a porno I didn't fill, I didn't star in the porno I directed it and wrote the porno um, like that's any different but so I made this porno and dedicated it to Ely you know this the satanic porno and, um, and, and in LA I couldn't I couldn't live in LA I couldn't deal with it it was all like I said that moment Ely really um, changed my makeup, my, my whole, the way I thought about things was all different. So I was like broken. And in LA, I could not be predator and prey. I couldn't play that game, even though I was at the perfect position, you know, directing this porno and these people were throwing themselves at me to do free stuff for me. And, uh, I was going out to lunch with people all the time, uh, producers and, 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 and stuff like that. I just couldn't handle it. So we pitched this idea to go around the country doing Adam Curry, you know this guy Adam Curry, um, one of our first VJs, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he he well he fucked us over anyway. But we pitched the idea to him, and for me it was just at the original it was like, you know what I can I can I can I, I have a good idea because I understood how the net was working at the time. I understood this was like frontier shit, like we could be the first people doing video blogs and podcasting, doing this idea, and not such an original idea, but doing the road trip thing and, and using the tools of the internet for the first time. And so that's why the idea was taken, you know, snapped up by this, this internet company. And it's- and so it was just a way for me to keep working in a way that I could keep working without being exploitive or predatory in, in, in a weird way, you know, it was...
0: Right, and then and then the the Adam Curry thing falls through because what is he? He's a lousy human being. What is the? <laughs> what is? Because he made a lot uh, yeah. of he made a lot of promises, and then and just kind of. But what's amazing uh, is you guys decided to do it anyway. For and you left with a hundred and eighty bucks in your pocket. That's fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, well, it was crazy, but we had. I got to be honest, we had no real choice at that point. You know, we were. Um, so we were one of the first victims of the uh, failing economy. Uh, after Ely, I mean, it was secure. Ely was my lottery ticket. I mean, uh, that soda company was going across the the um, entire state. The Minnesota Vikings wanted to put it in their, their ballpark, which meant that Pepsi would come and buy it from me for, like, they go, here's a million dollars. Go away from soda making. We make all the soda. And that's, that's the well, a dream. Yeah, well, it was about to happen. And I was like, Well, I... This is great. I, I did something that I could, you know, you know that lottery ticket. I had it, and um, ah, yeah. Adam Curry. We were basically, um, we spent all of our savings working on this idea that he agreed to, and then right before we left, he fucked us over. So the choice was, um, live in my mom's basement, suicide, or hit the road. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, and I'm not. I hate my parents, so it's like uh, suicide was an option. I just couldn't, I don't, I guess I just couldn't bring myself to do that. So we left on the road trip.
0: <laughs> it's, and you know, it's the one amazing thing. And cause when I, uh, the, oddly that, that was kind of the, my dream goal for this show is like, maybe someday I can just drive around in an RV and talk to random people about the, this world and things. And well, you beat me to it by a few years, but, <clears throat> but the amazing thing is, Every how many people say they really admired what you what you were doing, and that they like so many people in that book wish they could do it and or would say, "I hope I someday can do that, and you kind of prove that yeah, you can just fucking do it. <laughs>
1: Well, we did. We just did it, and it took, you know, it was cool. You know, the only people, that that whole burden of suicide or feeling like a loser, all this shit, was all because of the people we surrounded ourselves with, the family and and shit like that. Once we left, fucking people took us seriously, like at the Creation Museum. Even these dolts, I mean, they're like, come on in, film us. They took us seriously. The, The lawyer for the American Atheist, Edwin Kagan, he took us seriously, called us filmmakers and writers, and we're like, yeah, that's right. But anywhere else, it's like, you guys should be selling used cars. You know, you'll make a living that way. It, it, our, our expression was excluded in the Midwest and by our family, and they were just, horror, you know, whatever. So throughout the trip, people took us seriously, and that was the only thing that kept us going because literally, Matt, for a year, I don't think I had more than $2 in my pocket. It all went in the gas tank, and we, all, we always had to depend on a quick hustle like going into like calling a restaurant saying yeah we're from the disc we have a show that we're going to pitch to the discovery channel we never lied we came close to it though we played gray (laughs) areas and we'd like to film your rib shack you know can we do that and they're like yeah come on in and we'd film and if they only gave us samples to taste i go you know we're going to need like three um three things of ribs to bring back to the studio for studio shots. You know how that works, right? And they go, okay, yeah, you know, take six slabs of ribs and all. So we'd leave with a truck full of food. (laughs) You know, but we were starving. Like, we literally didn't know where our meals were coming.
0: I I don't know. I think that's like uh, you're like modern-day hobos.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you could say that. And at the end, coming out of the the Santa Sangre Mountains, we were like, we finally had this confidence, so like, fuck it, we can do anything. This is great. Like, it was all that burden. Once that was over, we were earning money on the road, like, enough money to eat, pay bills with. It was It was really, um, once we mm-hmm. shook that bullshit, we were able to, it seemed like magic. Like, we were able to fly if we put our mind to it.
0: You were taking out ads on Craigslist to, uh, like, you would go into complete strangers' homes Often clean and right, and that, you would stay with complete strangers too, right like you'd st-
1: yeah, we would make sure not to stay with friends, we didn't contact friends like we didn't contact you when we came through l a for that reason because we're fri like I was old friends with you, so I wanted to stay with who who like a, I wanted to stay with a Baptist, I wanted to stay with someone I was polar opposites to i wa- I wanted to understand them because I hated them. <laughs> and wanted to understand them more so i could confirm my hatred and and paint that damning document and that never happened it would never fucking happen every person even with the creation museum i mean i fucking hate those people still but um we were able to find a mutual ground like we were able to you know talk about things that seemed to divide people in the public but once you get talking about like free speech or whatever these people I don't know. They weren't so bad as people. You know, you you. I found out that ultimately, people just aren't bad. They aren't that bad. And on, on, in 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 general, uh, it's a very small percentage of people that are really heinous people. And and you know, my studies prior to this road trip was all serial killers and and really dark stuff. So I figured most of the population was horrible like that. But it makes that
0: you, it makes you wonder how much of of the media creates this this two sides of our country because, I mean, that's kind of hopeful that you could go talk to somebody because I know I would have a hard time <clears throat> not losing my mind talking to Christians and creationists. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but the fact that you were able to come to some kind of common ground or understanding is kind of, that's pretty... It shows that people have a respect for one another that I don't think we see very often. You know, you just see fucking assholes yelling at each other on the on the on the television.
1: Uh, you you got a great point, and there's many people on the road would say that. They when we ask, well, what's the problem? A lot of people would say the media or t, you know that kind of that, that kind of device. They have a device. They're a very divisive force. It's it's so,
0: it's amazing that people are on to it like that, the, that we know that the everyone knows that the media is full of shit and it's like why are you continuing to feed us this bullshit then if we all aren't buying it
1: that was the amazing thing on almost every account was like people were agreed on so many basic things and were on to all this shit that is programmed or preached like um I don't know the ignorance of of religious people. Sometimes you think they're just so close-minded, but they weren't. They weren't so close-minded. They just have a we part ways on this philosophical belief, but everything else, the basic tenets of of being a human being, they they were fine with. You know, live and let live, uh, free speech issues. They were all fine with that stuff. You know, That's, I don't know.
0: It's it's interesting. It I don't know. I know you did. You talked. Didn't you talk to a couple Christians? One was a stripper. <laughs> like, that's always. Oh, yeah. That always amazes me because it's like she looked very uh y. And it's like, you know, all the dudes in your church are jerking off to you, right? That's all I could think of. I was like, every dude in that church wants to fuck you. You are the biggest. You're like the biggest point of irony because you're causing all those guys to jerk off.
1: <laughs> yeah, fake tits. Uh, you know, what happened to. Uh, isn't there something in the religion about. Uh, not doing anything to your body, you know, tattoos, stuff like that. Yeah, it was interesting. She was in, I, we interviewed her right after we interviewed a satanic uh, stripper, so it was funny to interview the satanic stripper in Vegas and then interview the Christian minister who was an ex stripper. Um, very similar girls, just different philosophical beliefs, uh, you know.
0: What was the name of the satanic stripper? Because I'm can't I'm. Zandora
1: Zandora Lavey. Oh,
0: that was her. That's one who I was saying. That's Lavey's ex-wife, right?
1: Well, yes, uh, Lavey's grandson's ex-wife. So she takes the name because it's you know infamous or whatever. And, um...
0: I can't help but think uh, he had enough dough. But weren't is was he not a rich dude? Or did she get fucked in a divorce? <laughs>
1: no, the <laughs> really
0: no the romance LeVay. in and outs of the Laveys.
1: Yeah right. LeVe was, was she was not he was not a rich dude. So she still works for a living. It was fun though. We met I met her on a wall purge, which is just a satanic holiday. You know this is all a fluke. And so that was great for me because I go to this bar and um you know there, she's a stripper and she's with this other girl and they, she goes let's go in the bathroom to film. Lays out all this cocaine. So. <laughs> <laughs> and they're getting naked and making out, and I'm like, this is great. It was one of the high, literally the high points.
0: Why isn't it was, in the documentary?
1: Well, you know, it's in some of it. It's a, it's in the book. Don't we talk about that in oh, there? Oh, no,
0: you do, you do. I just, uh, you know, you send me those, would you?
1: Oh, the video, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, because I have a thousand, I have over a thousand hours of footage, so this, the, the film I put out with the book is very much, um, I don't know what you would call it, but it felt like it just went, it was a visual aspect of what we were writing or putting into the book. I feel like I could put together another four documentaries: uh, one on religion, one on politics, one on revolution, and and you know, well, politics and capitalism. You know, there's there were very um, insightful interviews about all of those subjects. It was just hard to fill. a, a, a I what I'm self-taught. You know, I just couldn't figure out how to how to. It was just too much good footage.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, you. I couldn't imagine how you would have to f- fucking weed through thousands of like all those footage. It was like and pick what it must have been. It must have been maddening.
1: What do they say in Hollywood? You got to kill your babies. You yeah. know, when you edit stuff like that, some funny phrase. Well, because we were so broke.
0: The Chinese government you know, says that too. By the way. <laughs>
1: We couldn't afford hard drives. We couldn't afford the storage space. So when I'd film someone, we'd stay with them for three days, and I, I, keep going over these subjects with them, and I'd wait until we were heated, till they trusted me, till they didn't, till they were ignoring the camera, and then I would turn the camera on and shoot. So if I shot someone for thirty minutes, it's all gold, Matt. I mean, if you look at this footage, it's a, ama- it's really good stuff. I- yeah, I'm not hard on myself pretty much uh with that kind of shit and I'm amazed at what we have.
0: It it just the the doc- documentary that I saw is I mean it's pretty it's pretty great to to listen to all these people and you know most people are really insightful and you're like it's just like why so many people were are against the war which is which is which one makes me ask like why aren't more people or maybe they just feel powerless, like why no one protests it or whatever it's but everybody's against it, it seems
1: yeah, yeah, we couldn't find too many people that were for it that was that's that's the amazing part of it that part of that trip you know that film and 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 even in the book for for um Amy was able to be very expressive with her words a lot of my writing i could i couldn't do it at that point the hardest part of putting that book out and the movie out was um putting uh, my ego down uh, letting my ego go um so it was, um, i was the film is almost i was using those people to communicate for me <laughs> you know i was editing them <laughs> to speak for me cuz i could not uh, uh,
0: yeah it's uh, the pig farmer fellow was I don't. He was. He was one of my favorites, and there's like, people. You know, there's Ian Mackay in that thing, and it's who's also great. His his portion of the book is also, which was a great way. To, he was a great last person to talk to because, motherfucker, that guy's brain is big.
1: You say that again, man. He was great. It was amazing to talk to him. It was a you know it was um. A... A great uh, end of the trip, that's for sure. He's- it was rewarding. I mean, most of half that trip was so... I, You know, it just has come across in the book. I, I've written some about it since we put the book out. And it was really just hard. I mean, there was a lot of uh, painful... Uh, it was a very painful trip, the first half of it.
0: Well, you cut yourself off from your family. Did, did, did that... Was the- because, I mean, I don't know if it's... I don't want to rehash painful stuff, but, I mean, it's heart-wrenching in the book that your your mother was taking money for your storage unit and she wasn't... she was, was she just using it for her own fucking kicks?
1: Yeah, yeah, her own kicks. And it's not like she's a drug addict or anything like that. She's, she's just... Uh, she had a big house in the suburbs. I mean, you know, they had money. They had a TV in every room. So it was just... It it was unnecessary, and it it felt like it was
0: spiteful. You no,
1: know, it's like this weird psychology of people. They don't like people who are living a free life or doing what they want. So at some point, they try to affect that shit all the time. They try to stand in the way of creativity or something like that. And my politics didn't jive with theirs. You know, they're religious, maybe. So it's it's,
0: I, it's interesting when you say like the thing you said about freedom or you know because it is i so many people admired what you do but i can also see it like people being pissed off about it because it's like in it's reminding them that like they never fucking took a risk in life like that's you know that's what how i see like people get mad at me a lot of the times just for a lot of reasons i mean i'm annoying i gotta i talk too much (laughs) but but i mean no but when you remind people of what is wrong in the world or in their lives and stuff that people get fucked. They don't want to think about it.
1: No, and the Midwest is truly, you know, I never believed this before, but it is a truly ignorant place in America. And that's why most of the creatives and smart folks run to the coast. And that's just part of it. And I believe that this was part of that, you know, it was part of that Midwestern ignorance, work, don't ask questions, you know, follow, you yeah. I don't get it. I really didn't understand why my mother would do that stuff, and I really don't understand why she couldn't be a civil person and just say I was wrong, and I'm sorry, because that's really all I was looking for. Honestly, sometimes I think that story comes across as, hey, uh, you know, I'm a little bratty kid. I lost my shit, uh, so fuck you. But but here, here's the thing. If I were given the choice... You, you, uh, your mother's going to be killed or you light all your shit on fire, I'd light all my shit on fire. And guess what? If I were given the choice, a stranger's going to be killed or you light all your shit on fire, I'd light all my shit on fire for someone I don't fucking know. So the shit didn't matter. It was all all this weird shit like, just say you're sorry or something. You know what? Ah, that was a crazy. It was hard. So I'm on the beach. I'm about, listen, when we had this fucking trip after, before we see Amy McKay, I'm on a beach and I keep thinking of walking into the sea. And I'm very hard to deal with this kind of shit because I now, after everything that happened in Ely, at the moment I start going, wow, I'm given this great gift of trust of humanity. I can trust my fellow man. That's when she does it. Like, it was the day that we left the Santa Sangre Mountains, and me and Amy were like screaming, we can't believe we've done this. We're the, you know, this is the greatest moment of our lives. We are free. We can do anything we want. And it's that next day we get that news. And so it's like it almost ruined our marriage. You know, it was hard to come off of that. And so I'm on a beach for three years basically having to bury my mother or something. Like I had to make this – I made this like little – well, like almost a tombstone or something and threw it in the water. You know, I had to do all this real weird ritualistic stuff to try to mourn that and and ultimately forgive them for, you know – being idiots
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean in general that trip must have been trying on your relationship i would imagine right i mean you're living in a car for a year at sleeping in it at times many times i think it must have been maddening
1: yeah well it was it was uh like i said we were the first victims of the economic downturn and and that coupled with the stuff that happened in ely and how i could not no longer function like i was um it was we were homeless, and I hate to admit that. Like during the trip, I would tell Amy, you know, some of their diary entries. She's, I was like, "Do you not posting it on the internet. We're not gonna, you know, we're out there. We're filmmakers. We're not fucking homeless. We're doing this as an art project." But uh, you know, to be honest, at this point, I could be honest about it. We were. We had no other options. We were fucking broke, and it was desperate. And it was it was um, brought me to tears a lot of times when I could go to a bathroom and cry. You know, it was hard to deal with because you have your wife. Is you know, I wanted to walk away, just let her go, so she could go have a nice life. You know, because I felt like I was holding her back. So yeah, that shit. That it's not. It wasn't easy, but it was a bonding experience too. I feel like we're iron now more. You know, granite in our relationship. You know, you go through that hard time. You know,
0: yeah. You you said there's something interesting in the book too, where you, where you're saying like you. The The love you were looking for your whole life or wanted to give and you found that in each other on that trip and you felt like an idiot for taking 13 years to realize that.
1: Yeah, I do. I feel like an idiot for that, especially because of the philosophical places we come from. We come from a like, you know, I'm I'm hanging out with Anton LaVey and saying shit like, uh, you know, people should be free to act the way they want to, you know, to, to engage, to be lustful to, you know, experience life to the fullest, and yet I have all these issues where I'm, I'm, I have no trust in my, you know, I have all these issues behind the curtain, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I I wasn't being as, uh, I wasn't going for what I wanted, you know, I was playing the game, playing some sort of game for other people. I wasn't being sincere or genuine, and, uh, you know, that's hard to realize sometimes.
0: But, I mean, I don't know, it's pretty great that you I mean you you said you feel like I'm paraphrasing but like you felt like a dick for taking so long to realize that but it's like think of how many people never realize that. I mean right. I mean That's it's true. It's a pretty Most people. <laughs> it's a it's a and it was a very I mean it was powerful to me cuz it's like yeah, you know to to I I, I think we I, I don't know, I think I feel like our culture has gotten really shitty about Uh, relationships or maybe it's Los Angeles, but people are always like, Hey, what's that? Oh, well, maybe I'll get that over there.
1: (laughs) Well, I definitely had that. It was Christmas. So I kept thinking, where's the fucking whores at? Where's the whores? You know, know, I have all these issues and that's all coming, but I'm able to understand that now more, you know, like, and just try to have a nice night with my wife and, and, you know, she's my best friend and uh, everything just a great, you know, so, I don't know. I think we're very lucky to have found each other, and I think you're right about most people don't realize that kind of stuff ever. They just are living um, a fake existence, like you're not being the animal that you should be. And and, you know, I look at the deers outside of my window. They form in this backyard, and I look at them, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at them in this fenced-in area. And I cannot not but think when they look back at me how weird of a creature they think we are. Like, look at you in that birdhouse. Like, we're like a bird in a birdhouse or some shit. Like, we're like this ape looking out the window at them. And they're like, you're in a fucking house. You're not out here where the real deal's going on. You're in a shelter. You know, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, Matt. Sorry. Uh, I thought
0: it was really uh, in- inspiring there. Was there any, like, places that you ever, like, it seemed like you guys were, Really happy in New Orleans, like where you were just like, ah, oh, fuck it, let's just stay. Or you that yeah. was not in it. Oh yeah, you, like you was. Did you almost just want to stay in New Orleans?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking New Orleans. Are you kidding me? People there are great. They like on the road trip. Like I said, we're starving. New Orleans. We left twenty pounds heavier. They fed you. They drink you. They take care of it. They're into creativity. They really want all your film. You want to make films. You want to be writer. They're into it. They're artists. You know, they're it's an art-driven culture there. It's a very it's very cultured. Like you know, it it was it was amazing. I felt bad being there though because all the shit I would speak before that. I remember when Katrina happened. I said they should just build a fucking wall around the place and call it a prison. And going there and and experiencing culture and hearing their stories that, again, the media did not report. They, They reported them as savages. And you go there, and people like the, that's what they kept saying. The media reported us like fucking savages, man. We weren't nothing like that. We were tying our neighbors to poles so they wouldn't float away. That's what was really going on here. We were, you know, and it was like, and to see that they're all about art and culture, and they have this old, this old artistic, you know, creative culture there. I go, no wonder they—they've been projected to me from every book, any history class, from the news as a horrible society, even though they're probably one of the most evolved societies we have in the United States. Yeah,
0: know? there's... I, Because I, I was reading something else recently about New Orleans. That's why I'm confused if it was in that book or your book, but where the, someone was saying it's one of the few places in America where you're aware that you're going to die, so you fucking make the... So you, you... I think it's somebody in your book. So you live it up and you enjoy life and you eat... It was uh, the woman, the older woman, I believe, said that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pat, Pat Jolly, maybe, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was Pat Jolly.
1: She and they were they, they were great people there. They, they, you know, you could be anything down there. They don't give a fuck. They don't judge you on what you say you are. You could be a Christian, a Satanist. They just look go, okay, what's that? <laughs> they don't give a fuck. They, they have a strut, and everyone there has a strut. Like they have their own walk, they have their own style. No, they're not trying. They just have it. Like it's they were it was born. Like they when they were born, they were able to grow up as they were as they wanted to be, not, you know, beaten into some Hot Topic style or some shit like that. They're just, ah, I love New Orleans. Loved it.
0: Yeah, I've never been. I I, I And I, unlike you, I'm a lover of uh, jazz music. So I really, and I love that, fuck the food down there. I And uh, I, I really fucking hate that I've never been.
1: So you said, unlike me, you think I hate jazz, right?
0: Well, I don't think you hate jazz, but you you said in the book that you don't you've you saw jazz for the first time that you enjoyed seeing that's right in new orleans did that change your mind about
1: jazz well yeah because it was real jazz prior to that i thought of it as, of, of it as elevator music and pat jolly she insisted like she took me by the ear literally <laughs> you're going in this club and you're watching this fucking because i'm like fuck jazz fuck you come to the metal club with me and she pulls me in this club and sits me down I was blown away by it because it was just great. It was great music. Yeah, Fuck I guess jazz. not Spyro
0: Gyra or some fucking awful shit.
1: Yeah, whatever I heard prior to that, it was just great. And these guys were just fucking going off. And it was just like, wow, they were just, they were making love or whatever. There was a beautiful moment to be. It was an intimate moment to be involved with, like to be there. You can see they were intimate. It was intimate. It was great. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, great moment. Is... Like, let's, like seeing Led Zeppelin. Isn't... I'm joking, man. I'm joking.
0: <laughs> I saw somebody today. Uh, Jimmy Page was on something there. Like he looks like one of the Golden Girls now.
1: Oh God, you love that. I know. I, I'm sorry I'm bringing it off top. I know you hate Led Zeppelin. So.
0: <laughs> but what the fuck was I gonna say about?
1: Yeah, three off. Led Zeppelin just it makes Matt mad. <laughs>
0: But uh, yeah, there's a bunch of pictures of you stuffing your face with uh, crawfish, which also. That's and right. And I never, thanks to your wife, now I know that you can't eat crawfish with the straight tail. I never knew that.
1: That's right, mud bugs. That's right.
0: What does what happens if you eat one of those? They fucking kill you.
1: I don't know. I don't eat it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd
1: imagine you just shit really quick, like you know, any bad food is shit, right? Yeah. I've got to go shit right now.
0: God, I'm so jealous. I mean, that's the one place that i'm supersonic jealous of that i've never like that you any i'm jealous of anybody who's been there or lives there would you well, what, what oh i just what, what time of year were, were you there you, you oh you were there for mardi gras so you got good we money. were
1: there we we got there for the um the in the middle of mardi gras or the beginning of mardi gras and we stayed for a full month after that so it was pretty great um talking about that civilized culture i, I keep thinking about before the trip i I uh, made a video for the Willie Nelson Peace Institute, something Willie Nelson runs, and the guy there was telling me about uh, his travels around America and said the only civilized place he found in America was west of the I-5, which is funny if you look at a map. It's a very small sliver of America. <laughs> but I found it to be very true. That's why we landed here uh, west of the I-5. It was just we, we landed here because there was work, and we stayed because the Pacific Northwest is so um, evolved as a you know culture. It's really a beautiful place. So next to New Orleans, I, I really love this area. It's really uh, a great area.
0: Yeah. What goes? Uh, what makes what like just people open minded, cultural, the whole shebang?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think because they even the like hanging out uh, places I'll hang out with I, I like hanging out with the darker side of life so maybe I'll, I, I'll I've, I've, I've I've met a clan member or some shit and I'll have a conversation with him I, he doesn't scare me away but even in the worst situations I've put myself in here the, the intelligent level is higher than in the Midwest um, so people are just intelligent here they're well read um, they recycle everyone seems to recycle <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just like, you know, they can be Republicans or Democrats. I know in the Midwest, like Republicans, I'm not recycling. Fuck them. Put the bottles in the fucking garbage. You know, you'll hear that. You'll, I, yeah, at least I did out here. It's just not like that. You know, it's just a really a, a civil culture. They have a lot of programs for artists in Seattle. They fucking give the house away to artists. Like they'll pay for your schooling. I mean, it's just, such. that's, that's Pretty
0: cool. Yeah, we're one of the few – I mean, I know that's – a lot of countries in Europe, they're very like that same (laughs) – if I'm not mistaken, artists don't pay taxes in Ireland, which is like – which is pretty awesome. (laughs) It's like – Yeah. But – and it's also – it's weird. That makes makes me – made me wonder when you're talking about recycling stuff. But it does – the whole issues with our environment, how much more of – how much of that is also just propagated by the – the media, because it's like that seems to be another topic that comes up a lot in your book, and it's it's weird how do you know the what's weird though is uh, because like Dennis isn't wasn't Dennis Banks a lot of uh, wasn't that a big part of his segment Dennis Banks and there was another Native American guy,
1: yeah, and he was he was trying to save sacred sites. Are you saying the environment came up a lot in our book?
0: Well, it came that would like people being concerned about it. I guess that's also oh. your wife's, but it's like but you know the media's. Doesn't somebody during the debates recently they they opted not to let them uh, ask Obama a question about the environment because they thought the economy was more important? And it's like, well, guess yeah. what? It's like, which you're not going to get a straight answer about it anyway. The economy, that is,
1: or the environment, really. Environmental collapse is the is the is the ultimate in collapse. The environmental the, cliff.
0: Yeah, that's. I just read this book uh, and where the guy said that that like compa- he was comparing. We're saying how we are an empire as well, the United States, and he's like, but the only difference between us and when Rome fell was they didn't deplete all their natural resources, and it was kind of like a, it was like, yeah. oh, we are, we are fucked.
1: You know, it's hard to say that, you know, it's hard to, okay, <clears throat> on this trip I learned a couple of things I, I think are true to me at least. I found out that capitalism isn't the freedom that I thought it was, it was actually a cage, so I'm very anti-capitalistic now. And I also found out that people are really good. They're decent people, and they're trusting. And they're being taken advantage of by a small percentage of assholes and predatory people. And these people give their trust to them, the media, their politicians, and they trust in them. So, yeah, they're concerned about the environment, but they don't know what's true and what isn't. But they they do. Everyone does have a concern. They do love the trees and flowers outside of their house. They do love – they're not – they're not like it's projected on the tv or through our politicians and it seems like the predatory the 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 um the real assholes of our species have taken control of the media have taken control of the uh uh, p- p- poli- uh p- the uh our communities through politics it's when the people have to so the trusting, decent people have to suffer or slave away at it. And that just seems to be the, the fucking way it is. Uh, you know, there's a, no, what do you do? It's what a, the fuck do you do? It's evolution a, is slow is what I learned. Evolution is slow. And all we can do is, you know, put our little grain of sand on the scale and hope at some point it'll tip our way or, you know, and that's a big part of why me and Amy did what we did. And, like I was telling you before, it was real hard to put the book out because I had to drop my ego. I had to my I had to put this personal shit in there, but I felt an obligation to everyone that interviewed with me because they, it was um, interview to me. It was they were very intimate. It's a, there's a trust level when you interview someone and they start telling you their life story, and this I knew when we were interviewing, we were capturing one of the last moments of American innocence in front of a camera everyone's cell phones were equipped with photo cameras, but I understood that we would be where we are today. Like, everyone would be able to have their own TV show. They'd be able to film on their smartphone and do their own thing. And I I saw that, and I knew their face would change, their video face, they'd start posing for the camera and understanding, shit, if I say that stuff, it's gonna be on YouTube for life. So there'd be a lot more people uh, being quiet, not saying what was on their mind. And people, when I filmed them, they were very honest. They very much spilled their guts to us, and 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 they had something to say. They wanted to also put their grain of sand on the uh, on the scale and tip it, or make the pendulum swing their way. Um, and so that was a big reason why we finished the book as well, is to just uh, out of obligation to those people, you know, you, obligation.
0: Yeah, you say that how important it is that people. Get out there and document things too, which I thought is interesting. I just is that an airplane outside your apartment? <laughs> it is you
1: heard that huh wow, it is I th- we barely we barely have any noise like that out here on the coast here the- over
0: over the headphones, it sounded like a flying saucer. I was like, well, I guess we wrap this up early. <laughs> the aliens are invading i, was, I was, but um. Uh Oh yeah, but it is important. Like it is, we to be oral historians, so to speak, which is you know like what you did, and and capture the different views of people is an important thing to be doing. But uh, be- be, as you say, because it's not being done in in the media, and somebody's got to fucking get this down right. <laughs> it's like,
1: uh, yeah, I think if people can shake the lessons they've learned from the media, so when they do podcasts, they don't do a Howard Stern podcast which is what I hear like every 10 podcasts, you'll get one decent one. And everyone else is like doing whatever they've heard, like the the Howard Stern thing or something like that. They just regurgitate that. And it's the same with video journalists. They're doing what they've seen on TV rather than just trying to get their own personal perception out there. You know, we all have these different perceptions of things. And I think that's important to try to get out there so we can try to understand each other. I think a lack of understanding each other That divide is great, and it was amazing to be able to understand people in a real, honest way. You know, like just understand them without my own philosophical beliefs coming into play.
0: Was there Uh, anybody you were just like, I want to murder this motherfucker? (laughs)
1: It's well, what?
0: I know some people got annoyed with you. The uh, horse whisperer gets pissed off at you.
1: Oh, you want to talk about murder? Yeah, that would be one when someone steals your pay.
0: Yeah, that was yeah. pretty – st- and he was just doing it because he thought you were like a commie, right? <laughs> he well, was just I guess like, he's yeah.
1: right. He, he knew better than me. I guess he's right. I guess I, I'm, also, I'm, I, I, I'm not a communist, but I definitely can see merits to their system as well as socialism and as well as fascism. So I have a combined polit- polit- political view. Um but he saw it as one thing. He saw it as me being like socialistic or I didn't even understand it at the time. But he was, he was an ex-teacher telling me what I was. And I was like, well, this isn't about me. I'm just trying to get you. He didn't trust me. There was no intimacy in our interview. You know, he had a very uh, a lack of trust. So I didn't want to kill him until he stole money from me. You know, that was uh, – and we're on the road. And it was like, you know, what a dick. Uh, yeah. But that was a, big, that was a big moment for me too because – I, um, I had his wife, his girlfriend's iPod on accident, you know, we packed it purely an accident and I find it and I'm like with Amy and I'm like, Oh, this is great. My moment of revenge. You know what? This is, has her dead sister's last song on there. I'm going to pitch this out the fucking car, smash it, you know, just to be really mean spirited. And you know, I just couldn't do it. and I didn't do it. And then later on in the trip, um, you know, when I was eight, when I had five or six dollars in my pocket, I mailed it back to her. Out of the last five dollars I had in my pocket, I mailed the the iPod back to her, and that would have been my pay. Like, it was a two hundred dollar iPod? He ripped me off of about two hundred fifty bucks. I felt justified in fucking it up and hurting them, and I couldn't. So it was a big change for me because <laughs> prior to that, I would have fucking stabbed it and, uh, you know, uh, sent it back to a shit caked all over it or some shit. Just, just ah. Uh. So, you know, anyone I really hated—that uh, would be about the only okay. That moment, and when we got to um, Washington, we painted some ladies inside of her house, and we were supposed to be able to stay there for two weeks. And the minute I was done painting, she goes, "You got to leave." Whoa. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> How so cool, that was man. a little—that was a little rude. Do and you... the worst part, the,
0: what? Oh, I was just going to ask a question. No, no big. Deal. What? Oh, it, uh, well, I thought you were done with your point, but you can.
1: I am, I'm just rambling at this point. <laughs> well, the coffee's taking a hold. I was curious,
0: because the... Because, you know, you, it seems like this trip has changed you a lot, but I was wondering just how much of it might also be, like, we're not uh, fucking cocky 20-year-olds anymore, where it's, it's like, like, I've noticed I'm 44 now, and I just, my, I, a lot of, it, I just, like, part of it's like, oh, fuck, I don't got time for this shit. <laughs> it's like, but you, or, and there's also wisdom as well. I'm not... I,
1: that's the only thing that's been added to me. It hasn't really changed me. People that talk to me know that it hasn't changed me. It's just given me a better view. I have a, a wider view of things now. I have more information, um, but my trauma and Ely changed me the most. It, w- it was a brutality that I still uh, is hard to talk about, and um, that was a hard moment for me. And and my parent, you know, my mom, all that kind of weird shit from my childhood. All that is come home to roost or whatever so i've had to really deal with that shit recently where before i just ignored it you know and yeah i was i mean upset stomach talking about it
0: yeah i uh i can relate
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've read some things where like they talk about like you know you can only experience so many traumas at some point you're gonna break I'm pretty much at the end of my rope with that kind of shit. Like I can't really have too many more. Um, um I, what?
0: Oh, I just uh, I said um I was going to sp- uh, break into your house and terrorize you guys with ski masks. Uh, maybe yeah, well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But well, I, you consider terror, I consider boner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I do I feel like I this, you know, from the variety of things from my childhood, too, I I feel a looming like Especially when things are going well, I'm always like, something. What? What's something Where are you? Where's the fuck up coming? Where's the, t-? like? Or I, I expect like people to be in my car. <laughs> it's like, like I expect bad things to happen, and it's probably you know from being traumatized as a child.
1: Yeah, well, I guess yeah, maybe it's just part of surviving and understanding there are assholes out there, and and times are desperate and stuff like that. So. I have that too. I still lock my door. Some people around here laugh. You lock your door? I go. I guess it's a Chicago reflex. But yeah, I fucking lock my door. It's a, you know I, I I don't know. But I it's not like I'm a, a goofball and think that everyone's a great person. I I I just uh, I'm willing to trust them to the point they give me no uh, opportunity to trust them. You say maybe it's because you're 40 uh, plus year old man. Well, that's true, too. I mean, I can't fight anyone anymore, but, you know. What the fuck am I going to do? Act tough? Okay. Come on, let's fight. I'm fat and 40. <laughs> I can do it. You know, it's like, fuck, that's over, man.
0: My shoulder's going to go out mid-punch, but I'm going to I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: that's,
0: that's, that's one, of the, one of the things you ask a lot in your uh, uh, thing is if uh, you ask people if they vote or if it's important to vote. And did that change your opinion on it any did any of your opinions get changed or were you do you, you don't vote right I'm pretty sure. I
1: voted this year yes I did and it did change my opinion every one of those chipped away at me um I was a great to go around the country and talk for non-voters as a matter of fact Edwin Kagan won't admit this lawyer for the creative uh, I mean American atheist but on his radio show I debated him the merits of voting or not and I won I fucking beat that lawyer's ass, and and the kids were cheering for me. We had a room full of people that were his friends, and they were, yeah, he's right. He wins. I won the debate, no voting. But this old bus driver on the peninsula here, I'm on the beach, and um, he stops his bus one day goes, Shane, i got to talk to you. And he's like, listen, you have to vote. Smart people like you cannot not vote. You have to vote. And he talks about, you know, whether you believe it or not, there's a lot of people that did believe, do believe in the vote and they went and killed themselves. You know, he talk, gives that whole rap about how people die for the vote and I don't necessarily go for that. But he, and then he, I go, and I tell him that I don't go for that shit. They died because of other reasons. Like their home life wasn't great. They'd rather get shot at than be home. I don't know. <laughs> and so, um, and so, but he said, you know, you, you say you respect your elders, I'm your elder, I'm asking you to vote, and, you, you know, how about that? And I couldn't deny that. I do respect the elders. I do respect the elders of my community, uh, period, most of them. I listen to them, and they're smart. Even the ones I don't agree with, I've found that, you know, the, the elders are, it's probably a big problem with our culture is that we just do not respect our elders. And um, they have a lot of wisdom there, whether you like it or not. Even the most ignorant of elders has a lot of wisdom. And so he just told me that and I, I I voted this year. Yeah, I voted third party though, as I saw it as a the only thing that you can do is a far, a form of protest. You can't get violent with our government. They're gonna they've got every tool in the book to fucking crack your ass. You know, though there's not gonna be a violent revolution ever. It's 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 over, man. They've got all the tools and the switch to the electric and we're all fucking twenty pounds overweight except for you folks in, in LA land, but everyone else is twenty pounds overweight, believe me.
0: What did you vote, the Green Party or something?
1: I did. did yeah. I. Uh, they, I don't agree with them that much, but I wanted to throw them a vote. Fuck it.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, I. I know voting for any of the, like I. I knew California was gonna get won by the Democrats, uh, but but I did the same thing because I. I don't. I. Th- it's totally fucked that we don't have a, that they're not allowed on. They're not on the ballot in every state and they're not allowed to be in the debates and that's you know what 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 are we afraid of to have that their their conversation be part of the debate that people might actually start agreeing with some of their talk about the banks and it's like you know we we try to keep our corporate and banking precious little worlds so safe from anything it's really disgusting i was the one now rambling
1: (laughs) No, uh, are you admitting I was rambling? How dare you!
0: No, I was just calling, <laughs> calling. Uh, yeah. Do do you feel hopeful, or do you think we're? I,
1: I do, but not in my lifetime. <laughs> I feel hopeful for other generations. I think science is is a great thing, and I think science is our only hope. So I'm hopeful if I if I the perspective of uh, uh you know that like I think science can uh, create miracles, it's truly, you know, it's like not magic, but um, I I believe they can pull us out of um, the shitstorm that we are creating, so I have faith in that, I mean, and uh, I I have hope in that. I think uh, technology, for all the bad you hear about it, is a pretty amazing force, I um, I wish the internet was free, I think that would do a lot to help people out. Uh, because it raises the intellect of people whether they like it or not. It's their Facebook feeds. They have to see words they've never seen before. They have to hear stories <laughs> they've never heard before. They have to hear points of view. They have to, they're just it's forced on them. They can stay preaching to their choir, but they, they are going to find opposition to their racial, whatever. they You know, it's just, it's like the N-word disappearing out of comedy or whatever, just disappearing. its It's part of that evolution where that's I don't know. I, I I have hope in the t- technology. Yes, and I think it's pretty amazing. where we're 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 video chatting as the Jetsons uh, would have, you know, like hey.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, the the internet is. Uh, it's. Uh, I was trying to, to. There was a point I was going to make, and it just really just went right out of my head.
1: <laughs> you hate the internet? No, I, I I love
0: it. I just. Uh, there's certain things, elements of like, you know, I, I find like when there's like videos of like, look at this fat person dancing on a table. Like, I'm like, that's just, it's just, it's almost as bad as reality television where it's just this, yeah. this, this numbing, this numbing that is happening. And I think like that. And like what I the one thing that was really powerful about the Ian McKay part of your book is when he talked about 9-11. yeah. And how he turned it off because he didn't want to become numb, and it's like they just pound you with that stuff over and over, and then he was just like, "I'm going to read a book and i i like those birds outside my window don't know what's happening in New York or miles from my home and he's like, "I need to be like that and so I don't become numb and it's that it was a really poetic and in i just i was like, yeah, that's I was talking to a friend a couple weeks ago, and I said, if we showed the TV show, The First 48, you know, that murder police show, if we showed that to the pilgrims, they would probably cry for... They would lose their minds. It was like, hey, we have a show where we... uh, Here's some dead people. Look at those dead people. And and this is what we... uh, People pay for this cable to watch this. They'd be like, are you out of your fucking minds? (laughs) Like, what's
1: wrong with... Yeah, well, that just proves that evolution is very slow, and, it, it, you know, that's it, just evolution's slow, and it's, we we are in a microwave mind, though, we grew up with the invention of the microwave, so we want things to go so fast, and I just don't, I don't think that's possible to make it the perfect society that a lot of us envision, we see this, you know, we see and we know it's possible that you can have a pretty close to a utopian existence, maybe not that far, but it is possible and I think that's just uh, something in the future, something for a thousand years from now, maybe. And it seems like a long time as far as our lives go, but that's a short time as far as the earth goes. So, you know, I I, I do see hope. I, I see the glass is half full all the time, usually, at, you know, uh, contrary to or in opposition to what I've gone through or <clears throat> what I've, I've you know yeah what
0: I've gone through there. I don't know well uh, can you because uh, we are we're at our, at our time limit and I hope that's acceptable to you <laughs> but uh, s- stay on after you plug stuff uh, when I stop recording but I, just where can they get this book and all well,
1: man I got a question did you, did you, you read the book and did you like it or honestly like I'm looking at you now I get to look at you <laughs> How many times?
0: How many times did I email you while I was reading the book and and praise praise your work?
1: Well, that's fine. You're you're talking to me, but that's it's hard to do as we're friends or whatever. It's hard to be honest. So it's like uh, I, maybe it's not hard for you to be honest. Maybe you're just an honest guy. But you live in L.A., so I'm, I'm assuming you survived in L.A. so long. You are full of fucking shit.
0: <laughs> First of all, I live in Glendale.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, that's so um, much different.
0: Uh, and I'm. Uh, I, I I'm near my rope's end with this town and the, that sort. That's why I'm doing this show is so I don't have to deal with any, I don't have to deal with my fucking agent or any of that stuff. I just this is all me and this is the I. This is what I hope my future is in of what we call entertainment. I'd rather just keep doing shit myself and they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> that's how I feel. I'm like a, you're all. I've been lied to, I've been told things were going to get bought and this and that, or I had this job and I had it so many times that it's just I was just like, fuck off, man. I'll just do my own thing again, which has always been the best choice. And back to your book, I think it's... I, not only do I think it's a, I, both pieces of work, to documentary and the book, I think it's great. It's really riveting, and I was constantly surprised how much thought, how just different people from different walks of life provoked thought in me that I thought would never... To Because the way it's presented too in the book is it's very... You go into talking, like reading, as I'm reading it, it goes in, you sort of led into these situations without judgment. And so it's sort of you're along for this ride and you get to enjoy these people's points of view. And I mean, there wasn't an individual in there that didn't... Make me think about something, and and it made me. I felt like because I, I feel like the way you were like I I close off and I, if I label things and ah, those fucking people are idiots, you know that that's just me being making a wall to so I'm safe and it's like I, you know it makes me want to not be so judgmental and you know and be more open to people when I talk to them because usually if I talk to a born again Christian I'm just like. I'll I'll write you off immediately because <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, you believe in hocus pocus. Have fun."
1: <laughs> yeah, I get that.
0: But it's I think it's I think it's great and I, I love that it's both you and your wife and you get her diary entries or journal, I don't know what she refers to it as. And you get both perspectives. And it's just it seems really important and the stuff you talk about is very Timely and sort of dialogues we need to be having, and it's great to hear from all these different people. It is like a Studs Terkel type, which is it's important and it's honest and it's uh, it's really great. But uh, I well,
1: someone, so, what?
0: Uh, what? Well, but you know, I live in LA, so I didn't mean any of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Matt. That's very nice. No, I was wondering about that. Oh, I. I, I some people have asked why we did the book and, and, and out of, there's so many reasons, but I think ultimately after what happened to Eli, we just wanted to explain ourselves or sort of get ourselves, a, you know, like uh, take the uh, mysticism away from what our politics are about. And, and not that we did that with the book maybe, but uh, that was part of it. Just try to give people a better understanding about people like us. <clears throat> better, that,
0: the book gives you a better understanding of, Kind of everybody is what the great thing is.
1: That's awesome. Why are, now? So why are why are, why are you doing a book or taking a road trip, Matt?
0: <laughs> I was I was nervous when this would turn on me. Um, I I've I've been. It's not something that's out of my head. Uh And I can't say it's money because you proved that. But I don't want to clean people's toilets. I'm no. I don't want to clean mine.
1: <laughs> well, you know what. As Craigslist Joe can prove, you can take our idea, steal it, and, and do it for 30 days. Oh, is and, that
0: a cop of your – I've seen that in the Netflix queue. Didn't it? Is it, he pretty much just stole your concept there?
1: Oh, he did. We, you, know, we, you know, since we, we did our road trip – like road trips aren't original, but we've documented the people that we've influenced. Like we've gotten dozens of emails from people like, hey, I'm doing a road trip because of yours. That's cool. And uh, some guy did a month in the air. He flew around the country for a month. And and so, so that's all cool. And so we get Craigslist Joe and like 10 people say, man, Shane, this is just like what you did when you stayed at our house. So we watch it. Not only is it similar, the motherfucker steals lines right from our propaganda in the beginning of the film, at the end of the film. Like his speech is right out of our stuff. It's like Amy wrote it, her fucking jaws on the ground at first, and then she's like shooting steam out of her ears. And so, you know, that is a really fucked up thing to do. Um, You know, and I wrote the filmmaker, the guy who did Craigslist, Joe, about it, and whatever. We went back and forth for a moment, and uh, what a low life. That's,
0: let's go kill him. Yeah. (laughs) Where can people buy your book?
1: Anyway, what I was going to say, Matt, is you could put it up on on, uh, Craigslist, and you wouldn't have to wash any toilets. Just say I'm a... I'm a filmmaker from L.A., and I'm looking... People are like, oh, I can get in front of a camera? Come on by. Come on by. You'll have it made. Oh, and nice. you look so L.A., though. You know, you do. Uh,
0: well, I got those blonde highlights now.
1: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. They can get the book at USAOdd.com, and I think we're going to forego selling it through Amazon or anywhere else.
0: Why are you not doing Amazon?
1: Uh, because they take too much money. Oh, and really? why the fuck am I going to give people 55... You know, it, for me... Why are we going to give 55% of the book to someone when, and that means we have to mark the book up and rip off the end, the end customer, the person who wants to read our book when we don't need middlemen anymore. They can just come to my website and buy it for $30 versus 50. And I want, I want to make the book as cheap as possible so people can read it. You know, I don't want to, it's not about profit to us. It's about getting it out there. And so, you know, I have to, we have to raise the price so high to deal with the bookstore. I say, fuck bookstores too. They're outrageous. You know, and they won't, you know, they won't conform. Like Ian McKay could do it where he's like, listen, you want to buy my CD? It's $8 and you can make $2. But he was a popular person. He could make those rules, I guess. Um, bookstores won't budge on the price. It's 55% markup and that's that. So it's like, fuck you.
0: Fuck you. So USA.org.
1: Yeah. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> I knew you were friends with Craigslist Joe. <laughs> You LA bastards trying to ruin me!
0: (laughs) I'm going to end on this note that uh, you're you're, you're on video. I forgot how pretty your eyes are, Shane. They're really just just really.
1: End on the brown belt, would (laughs) you?
0: Thank you very much. Uh, That was a conversation with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. Uh, Once again, you can go to usaodd.com and check out this book. Please check it out. Uh, really great. Buy that book. I'm going to buy one, I think. If I, have <laughs> I, mean, I have a copy of it, but you know, I want to support. Also, well, speaking of support, you can go to feralaudio.com and go to my page and you can donate some money so I can continue uh, giving you these conversations and maybe also so I can eat. Um, also, uh, if you can't afford to donate some money, go to uh, the Amazon link there and just buy some shit through Amazon and I'll get a kickback of that. Furthermore, Follow me on Twitter, Matt underscore DeWire at Twitter.com. And uh, go to my Tumblr page, com, and where I write detailed explanations about the show. Thank you very much for listening. Power to the people.